0: reflecting on the way it is and like consciousness. When we, you know, people get confused because the word vinyana is used in the five khandas categories. So you say vinyan, anichang, vinyana, and so forth. The tendency is to to think of consciousness as uh, something that arises and ceases, like sanya sankara, you know, the logic is there. You know, you say uh, rupa vedana sanya sankara vinyana is the nitya dukkhatta. But then you know it's you The word vinyana is used in different contexts. So it's you know it's uh you have the vinyanang ani dasanang anandang sapato pabang in suttas of the immortal consciousness splendid everywhere and and one wants to make some kind of metaphysical statement about consciousness uh, from that particular statement and others will argue now it's just impermanent and and so when consciousness sees when you do Paticca Samuppada, you know, it looks like annihilation. And when you think about it, you know, the whole aim is, is to be unconscious. Isn't it? If you read the neurotic side of, uh, of uh, Paticca Samuppada, on the neurotic side, it's like, it's to, you know, become unconscious, is the, is the answer to suffering. That doesn't make sense either, does it? <coughs> I mean so no, you know, one thing's of a you know is annihilative it's annihilationism or nihilism. But then when you are meditating, you're reflecting on the way it is. This is why this, this reflection on Dhamma, the way it is. So, recog- you know, this consciousness is—we're c- we're all experiencing consciousness in this very moment. You know, it's not something you create, is it? You're not—you're not creating consciousness out of thoughts or, or, uh, you know, out of ignorance and views. And it's not—you know—in terms of my consciousness, my consciousness is separate from your consciousness. If I do this, if I say my consciousness is separate from you, that's thinking again, isn't it? That's sanya-sankhara. I'm creating this division with thought. So uh, my consciousness, I'm this consciousness, and you're that consciousness. What am I doing? That's thinking, creating thoughts of me as separate from you. My consciousness as separate from your consciousness. This is what thinking does, isn't it? It, it is, again, it's, it's a discriminative. It's for discrimination. It's for division. It's, it's to criticize and compare all the conditions in the universe. Big small microcosm, macrocosm, male female. Heaven, hell, everything is is due to discrimination. So when we when we just caught on that discriminative function, you know, we do we create this sense of separation, and the, and even in Christianity, the idea of separation from God is what original sin is. You know, in the mystical forms of Christianity, the sense of separation from God, feeling separate from the one, creating yourself a, in, in a separate, you know, the sense of identifying yourself as separate. Now that identification, uh, you know, is, as, I, as I've said before, is conventional. There's nothing wrong with it in terms of we shouldn't think or stop thinking or annihilate thought and language and that that would be idealism again. So it's not a matter of, of, uh, you know, annihilating convention or dismissing it or demeaning it, but recognizing it. So this is like awakened awareness. Because if we if we're not awake in this sense of buto of awakened, awakeness. Conscious awakeness, then we are. We we tend to be lost in this identity, with everything separative, divisive, and that's why we do feel lonely or isolated or lost, or we're always seeking somebody else, you know, to fill up this emptiness. The the lover the the one that was meant for me that will make me feel whole and complete, isn't it? This idea of Prince Charming, <coughs> you know, finding Cinderella. You know, the this sense of union in which that loneliness, that sense of isolation is, is no longer there. So that's why this. as long as there's this illusion of separateness, then this is the dukkha, this is the first noble truth, will is what you're experiencing in your life. You know, you see everything from a, from a particular condition viewpoint, from the condition, the the assumption of I'm my body, I'm this person. I'm this type of person. So on that level, when we try to find, you know, fulfillment by just getting more or finding something, you know, uh, you know somebody else to make us feel whole you know then of course, inevitably you know you know I don't know how many times we've you know we've all seen you know married couples, happily married couples when the other, when one dies, a sense of loss and grief because the the tendency for maybe com the sense of completeness or wholeness was very dependent on somebody else's being present for me, being there. And when they're dead, then this a sense of separation, loss, all oh, that is mine, beloved, and pleasing, will become otherwise, will become separated from me. The last evening we reflected on that. Just contemplate that all that is mine, you know the sense of all that I like and depend on for my happiness, for my f- sense of security and safety and feeling safe is going to be separated from me Now that's not a depressing you're not trying to you know create you know we're not being just negative, you know when we do these five subjects for recollection. It's not just a depressing negativity that is the nature of Buddhism. But it's reflecting on the way it is because we know this, don't we, that inevitably we're going to have to, you know, the ones we love will die, we'll be separated, and then we'll have to eventually let go of the, uh, separate ourselves. The act of death itself, the experience itself, so these five subjects for recollection are reminders, you know, things for that, that lie you know we if we don't reflect in this way, then we can live our lives in the assumption of you know the illusion of everything's going to get better and better, better and better. They're extending our lifespan, seventies uh, now, what 50 used to be, uh, everything will, they'll find cures uh, for all the ailments, old age maybe. Maybe they're, they're working on stem cell research where they probably could stop the aging process, you know, so when you if you start it when you're about twenty, you'll always look twenty, even when you're ninety, and that's uh I guess that's probably attractive to some people, but that's not that kind of hope isn't it is is, is uh is rather foolish. It's better to reflect on the way it is, you know, that I am of the nature to age rather than uh, how can I stop getting old. The, one of the things about old age is that you've, you've had a lot of experience. And, and you're, you know, like now at my age, I'm, I've had enough experience. I have no curiosity, no interest in having any more experience. And, you know, I have, I've had a good life, but I wouldn't want to live forever, uh, you know, in this body. I think it'd be, that's not a, you know, it's not even attractive, even if it were possible. You get the nipita. Nipita is a world weariness. You just, you know, you're kind of, See the same patterns go on over and over again here in the sangha. You know the the complaints, the the high points, the low points. The you've seen it. You know, seen it for forty years now. The same repetitious human uh, patterns that go on and repeat themselves. And so, you know, when you've seen it for forty years and you know contemplated it. You, you know, you can recognize that that's just the way this this realm is. You know, it's not that like I'm averse to it. But it no longer, you know, no longer do I expect uh, to create a, a situation where those things don't happen anymore. That kind of, you know, idealism is gone. You recognize that the value of mindfulness is being with the way it is, not trying to Make everything uh, the way you want it to be. So consciousness, then, in terms of experience now—that's <laughs> why I encourage this. This is consciousness that you're experiencing now. You don't have to go looking for it or find a definition. Just, this is it. And so, in this this statement of "this is it," you know, it's, it's a kind of in, you're not not you won't find it as a thing. You recognize it. Well, you can find the the sense of yourself as a thought or a memory. You know, my separative self, Ajahn Sumaito self, you know, I can, you know, that's a a memory, that's conception or feelings, you know, Vedana. It's so dependent on conditions to support Sukha or Dukkha Vedana. You can observe that, you know, when there's, Suffer it when there's pain or pleasure. You can observe sensory experience. You know, just contemplate, plate, seeing, sp- hearing, smelling, tasting, touching. The ayatanas, nama rupa, salayatana, pasavedana. and consciousness then is is uh, is divided into nama rupa. You know, salayatana. <coughs> So we, instead of just being, you know, just being aware, consciously aware, we we, we create out of ignorance, avicya-bhajaya-sankhara. Now that, that statement there, avicya-bhajaya-sankhara, ignorance conditions, influences, infects or affects conditions. Now, we're experiencing conditions right now. Human body is a condition. You know, the the uh, what we see, hear, smell, taste, touch, think, feel, a whole thing, and these are conditions. And so ignorance of the Dhamma infects all of that for us. You know, it's like an infection. If you start with ignorance, then everything you experience is going to be Tainted, or influenced, or infected by that ignorance. That's what how I interpret Avijja Bhajaya Sankara. So that's why you know this uh, even you know in affluent societies like this one, and you know it's you know the way we seek happiness and 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 uh, material w- uh, comfort and security and so forth, with all the very best of it. It's still avijja-bhajya-sankara. We have the best material, the the richest, the, and all the best opportunities of any human being on the planet. It's still infected with Avita, isn't it? Avita is the is the problem, not the not the uh, material material objects. So then, avijja-bhajya-sankara, sankara-bhajya-vinjana, consciousness. So if we if we if, if our whole position on experience is a Vita then of course that that infects the world around us and which is and then then co- through consciousness we 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 experience this div- division of Nama Rupa Salayatana Pasa Vedina taking you to suffering as a result. Everything will lead to some form of dissatisfaction, unhappiness, suffering, despair, misery, loneliness, feeling lacked, feeling empty, unfulfilled by life. So in this way, you know, this this uh, patita samuppada you, you know, taking it from the very beginning, Avijja then is ignorant, you know, in terms of Pali- suttas, it's uh, ignorance of the four noble truths, the three aspects of each truth and the twelve insights. The twelve insights into the four noble truths. So, you know, that that's now that's a that that's a very beautiful kind of intellectual paradigm. It's a very clear map, in other words. The Four Noble Truths, three aspects of each truth, the twelve insights, you know, the Buddha laid down very, very accurate map of the causes of suffering and how to <coughs> let go. So you've got this, you've got the dependent origination, Paticca Samuppada, then the four stages, Sodha Panna, Sakadha, Kamiana, <coughs> Kami Arahant, and the ten fetters. And these are not for grasping, you know, they're not belief systems, but they're, you know, they... Therefore, reflection—you know—take them and and you know—they give you slightly different positions, angles to look at the same thing here and now. You're always aimed at the present, you know, awakenness here and now. And then the first noble truth is just bringing into consciousness something—a th- very ordinary, the most ordinary human experience. That every human being suffers, you know, rich or poor, or whatever. You know, it's not, not uh, you know, it's not about that some humans don't suffer because they they've got everything. You know, they they've got all the best. Even they suffer. <laughs> as long as there's a vita, then there's going to be suffering. So in the paticca samupara, you take a vita is the cause of suffering. If there's a vicha there, the result, everything you do, think, and say, the result will be, soka pariteva, tukha tomanasa upayasa. Grief, sorrow, despair, and anguish. Now that thats not a negative thing, but you know, happiness, uh, worldly happiness, is so dependent on other conditions. You know, you—you're going to lose it anyway. You can't sustain worldly happiness. Uh, for very long. So it's not a denial of happiness and pleasure and beauty and all the best that the conditioned realm offers. Because, you know, it is. We have experienced, uh, you know, this planet, planet Earth, a very beautiful planet. And then going and looking at Mars and all these other places, they're horrible. You know, in terms of human, you know, trying to live in them as, uh, as human beings. If you go to Venus, You'd, you'd, you'd become a crisp over, you know, the second you landed. And then on Jupiter and all those other things, gases, horrible gases, miasmas that, I mean, it sounded really awful, you know, have to live. When, when you look at planet Earth, when the Americans landed on the moon and took the picture, the photo, I mean, it's a very beautiful uh, realm we live in, visually, isn't it? It's, it's incredibly beautiful on the sense level. And yet we still suffer. You know, we don't even recognize its beauty. We, we you know, we're so involved in our own, you know, sense of ourself, our self-importance, our own, you know, our own uh, deluded self-views. You know, you kinda, many people don't even notice. So, um, you know, it is... You know, the problems of climate change and ecology and all this are due to just the avita. Ignorance creates this this dukkha. Now then in the uh, we say uh, viraka nirodha, sankhara niroda, sankhara nirodha, vinyana niroda, vinyana nirodha. And that's the nirodha side, the cessation. Now to me, that that is not annihilation. You know, when, when, uh, when I first, you know, studied Patita Samuppada, it sounded like annihilation to me. Like your, your, your consciousness ceases. So then you'd be unconscious. <laughs> that's, that's how it sounds to me. You know, so I'm practicing now, you know, why not just shoot myself in the head? Get it over with. If that's the game, is just be unconscious or dead. But this, you know, in, in terms of now this is this is a Buddhist perspective, this is not that's the intellect again, the thinking mind, isn't it? Conceptual mind, which is dualistic. And the Buddha pointed out, you know, Gama sukhali Kanu Yoko, Atta Yoko in the in the Dhamma Sutta, the two extremes, sensual indulgence, gama sukuli, seeking happiness you know, and through sensory pleasure, just always trying to find happiness, pleasure, beauty, romance, excitement, adventure through sensor, through sensory experience is one extreme. That's so like hedonism. It's just you know, drug taking is probably the ultimate, isn't it? You know, people that take heroin and drugs like that get addicted because. They experience so much pleasure, you know, taking pleasure, conscious pleasure to, to an extreme. Mm-hmm. Is gama Sukoli kanu yoko And then, then the other is ascetic, the denial of everything. atta Kilamatanu tanu yoko They're like asceticism, denying everything, you know, wearing a blindfold, plugging up your ears, not eating. Uh, Trying to avoid anything pleasant, beautiful, or, you know, whipping yourself, wearing a hair shirt, uh, doing everything to make yourself utterly miserable, asceticism, self-torture is the other extreme. Well, he's pointing to, you know, on on the Sankaras, the two extremes, those are the two extremes. Just think, what is the extreme of, you know, heaven is is unmitigated eternal happiness i want to go to heaven where i'm just happy and feel safe all the time forevermore unmitigated not a moment of doubt not one flash of despair not one negative thought ever just positive thinking forever now that's that's the you know creating you know an an image of heaven which uh you know is is an ideal you know you're never going to find that but you may want that 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 might be a very attractive uh ideal to gra- to try to seek spend your life as a human being trying to to seek that or then the other where you unmitigated misery forever You know, the the lowest hell realm, where you're miserable. You didn't even have one flash of relief. And this is thinking, taking thought to an extreme of pain, humiliation, misery, unmitigated. Every second. There's not one second relief. I mean, that is terrifying, isn't it? And that's, that's hell. Then you, you know, then you, uh, the Buddha established this Matjima Bhattibhata, middle way, the middle way, which is not a compromise between heaven and hell. (laughs) It's, uh, but it is, in terms of individual, human, human individual, this is the, the, the awakening Conscious awakening to the way it is to the four noble truths. So the first noble truth then is a statement. There is this unsatisfactoriness. Then the causes, the cessation, then the path is the eightfold what they call the eightfold path. So then you get this uh, samaditi Po, and it's translated as right. You know, but the word right in English also, it's very dualistic term. Cause was, you know, it's always associated with wrong. This is right and that's wrong. So you get into arguments sometimes in with monks or, or Buddhists about right understanding, samadhiti, right view, right understanding. Because then there's wrong understanding. But the understanding that comes through Reflection on the Three Noble Truths, there's nothing right or wrong about it in that dualistic sense. Let's say it's perfect understanding. It's complete understanding. It's not, you know, it's, it's full understanding. It's not in terms of right where there's, there is something wrong. You can't get wrong understanding through reflection on the on the four noble truths if you just grasp and think about four noble truths you can you can have wrong view about them i admit like anything like any intellectual condition can be you know can be grasped and distorted and manipulated and so forth by the a clever human mind or even a stupid one so if you you know, you know these, these four noble truths. Then it's just taking this ordinary experience, which we have plenty of here at Amarvati. You know, just uh, dissatisfaction, loneliness, not wanting something. You know that you, you know, that you don't like, or wanting something you don't have, discontentment, complaining. Aversion to somebody um, complaining about the weather or whatever you know you this is uh sitting for an hour, so then in the fourth noble truth means the uh, really means the way of non suffering it still means you still experience loss and old age and sickness and death and so forth, but you know in terms of the condition. But there's right, there's perfect understanding, samadhiti. So it's not seen from from attachment, from vicha. The aging process, the human conditions that we experience are seen from vijja. So they say vijja, vijja utabati, panya utabati, nyanang utabati. They through these insights, insights into the three aspects, the 12 insights of the Four Noble Truths. Now this sounds very formulaic, I admit, but <laughs> it's actually very, it's like a, like a very accurate map. It's not meant to be inspiring. It's not kind of all is love and, and you know, once you, you awaken, you'll, you just feel one with the universe and experience bliss forever. It's about you know really awakening to the realities of sensory experience, consciousness with sensory uh, in a sensory form. So this is the way it is, and each one of us is is experiencing consciousness through this form that we call ourselves, through this body and its and its uh senses. It's like this. so then you know the the Eightfold path it's you know it's 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 not like a real path, in other words, it's not you know you do this uh, you know first develop samadhiti then sama sangapo you know it's not linear in other words, these are just you know reflective ways of looking at the same thing sama sangapo sama waja sama gamanto sama chivo, you know the whole. When, you know, when you really look at it, it's, it's, then it's, it all comes together in the sense of action and speech uh, in terms of sammā, samādhi. Sammā, vāyāma, sammā, sati, sammā, samādhi. And, and so they're not seen in terms of right, but say, using the English word perfect or complete. So sammā, samādhi, then there's a lot of discussion about what is samasamadhi, and uh, you know the samasamadhi then is is the result of Samadhiti. It's not the samadhi you get through through controlling. Not like samatha, you know, where you. You focus on one thing and exclude everything else. Sammasamadhi then is this, this, this awareness, this openness, this nibbana, non-attachment. So it's a, it's a oneness rather than one pointed on one thing. So you have ekagata, you know, in terms of ekagata or one pointedness. Well, then then reflect on one point can be a little dot, you know, a little speck that, you know, a little pinpoint, tiny little pinpoint. Or one ekagata could be wholeness or oneness. Now, when you when you say one-pointedness, to me that sounds like, you know, in my conditioned mind, I always thought of ekagata as uh, more like jhana, where you, you focus on one thing, one point to the exclusion of everything else, and so I remember, you know, like doing uh, kasina meditations, and uh, you know, and then you choose a choose a particular color. Well, I chose the color green. This was years and years ago. I was still in Namaka Bhikkhu, so. And then you you, you know then it, uh, what happens when you when you absorb into the color green? Well, you just you, you know you experience greenness, green. <laughs> and then then when you're out of that, you know everything green becomes more apparent. You know, you you kind of you emphasize that particular <laughs> color. <laughs> And, and you get, you know, if uh, you know, I could create these, these nimittas of green lights, you know, and just, just, you know, just uh, sustain them, and play, it was like playing with my mind. But then the Samadhi was, uh, isn't just absorbing into one thing so that green becomes, you know, you see it through everything through a green, through green tint. <laughs> Like wearing green-colored glasses, <laughs> or uh, but you, <laughs> you know, you're you're not depending on 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 any condition anymore. But this this awareness then is the ability, the natural ability each one of us has to open to in this in this wide way, unlimited consciousness. So you're not creating one little point in consciousness and focusing on it, but it's total consciousness. So that's oneness. So that's that's ekagata. So it is you know, it's not it's not it's not divided into you don't have to shut everything out anymore, you know, and and control. Because the liberation is through. Letting go of controlling to where everything belongs. Absolutely everything. The snake in the garden, the worm in the apple, no longer dividing. You know the the devil, the angels, heaven, hell, everything belongs. All conditioned phenomena if it arises it ceases so our relationship to condition phenomena is no longer through preferences or prejudices or condition reactions so then you you know you're experiencing you know the non-separation oneness if there's oneness or completeness how can how can there be loneliness how can you be lonely to be lonely you have to you have to become i'm this person i'm this body and i feel lonely because you know nobody loves me and <laughs> or all my friends aren't here you know if my best friend is away i feel lonely and on and on like this that's thinking again. That's the self. But when you've penetrated that, seen through that illusion, then of course the fetters that follow are just about learning to let go of the of say sexual desire and and uh, aversion. They're like Sakadakami, isn't it? You've, you've got this, you still got a sexual body, but your relationship to sexuality is no longer personal. You know, you're not uh, where, say, with Sakya ditti, it's the sexuality that we experience is very personal, isn't it? It's, so we strongly, especially in Western civilization, you know, we make a big deal about sexuality all the time. It's an obsession, and in a, a very you know, we identify, we fix ourselves uh, all the time in you in, uh, know in vir- virility and and you know being able to produce children and or enjoy sex or different inclinations, homosexuality, bisexuality. These are strong identities now that people. Fully committed to, would die for, just the, these uh, sexual identities. So, you know what are this is this is sakya ditti, again. And, and so this is why the the fetters then are, are you know when they're seen through, it doesn't mean. You know rejection of anything, but it puts these these uh, conditions in a perspective, you're no longer limited to that, to that view, to that uh, attachment. And so when there's, uh, you know, when we see the the Eightfold Path and there's Sotapanna, knowing the path is this, awareness, because that's what it means, just being aware. Then you're aware also of uh, the the sexual nature, because you know it, you're living with with a body that that is a sexual body. Sexual energy is natural to it, but your your relationship to it is knowing, in you know, it for what it is, not no longer identifying with with sexuality. So like. Celibacy, brahmacharya, then, is, you know, we've chosen, uh, deliberately chosen life of brahmacharya or celibacy. Now that could be another form of sakyaditi if we wanted it to be, you know, another kind of sexual identity. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a celibate. And uh, and that could be, you know, just another sexual identity. Somebody who doesn't have sex. <laughs> and and uh, um, maybe because we're frightened of it. Maybe we don't like it or we, you know, it, we've gotten into trouble through sexual activities or we're afraid of going to hell, being sent to... To the lowest hell for sexual indulgence. You, know, you get some of these puritanical Christian cults. They'll send you to eternal fires for having having sex before you're married. <laughs> some of them are vicious, you know, vicious, uh, horrible uh, monsters. You know, creating this. It's terrible condemnation. Just you know, they give you a, you know, you're born with a sexual body and then you then you're punished unless you, you do it in the prescribed way, the allowed way, by these very narrow minded idiots, you know. <laughs> <laughs> this is madness. Now in celibacy then brahmacharya is you know it w- how it you know the value of it is that you can reflect on sexual on your on the on the reality of sex of a, the sexual body that we have that we're experiencing our relationship to it then is not through ditti. and not my sexuality or my problems with sex or i mean that's that's still sakyaditi But even uh, path knowledge, you still have sexual energies. They're natural to this state, you know, of uh, human human male-female bodies. They're like this. But you you can see them. You reflect on them. You get to know without all the guilt and the complications, neurotic problems uh, that you have that you can have around it from sakyaditi. That's why we're neurotic oftentimes we it's the sakyaditi is the problem we create create it into you know all kinds of things exaggerate it dismiss it f- frightened of it uh, obsessed with it these are all come from avi b sankara. so then in in you know're more aware in so the then the celibacy is very useful because you're not, you know, you you've, you've determined not to act on that energy, so you're not actively seeking uh, sexual experience, but you still experience uh, sexual energies, and then, but your your relationship to them is knowing, is being this knowing, you know, so you. are you're you're not you're not following them or trying to repress them. The same with aversion. You know, Batika, it's uh, we still experience, you know, aversion to things. But the relationship because there's a lot to be averse to on the sense realm. Ugliness, uh disease mean heartedness uh, all kinds of ugly things you know we have to still experience in our own minds and in the in the world around us the version, but it's the sakiditi is no longer the the uh, the delusion around it, so even you know you you let go of of uh, you know you're you're no longer deluded by the kamaraka uh, or the patiga the the Sexual energies of the body, or the aversion, and then of course you experience a lot of—they you know, call the immaterial bliss. Uh, you know, you get into tranquility, or uh, and. But as you keep reflecting more and more on this in this way, rather than indulging, and even in just you know, b- beautiful states where where sexual where the sexual energy or the aversion is no longer, you know, something that disrupts, disrupts you. You can enjoy jhanic bliss. But there's still the remaining fetters. The last ones to go is uttacca, mana, and avicca an Utacha is like restlessness, mana is is still like it's uh, oftentimes defined in English as conceit. But it's a conceit not of sakyaditi, you know, a sense of itself, but there's still this remaining sense of separation. And I I refer to it as I am. This this still this can still be lingering in one in one's uh, in conscious experience, uh, kind of subtle abhicha So these are, you know, not to see these in terms of, do I still have mana, or uttaca, or abhicha, and Then it gets back into sakkaditti. These are, these are reference points. These are ways of looking and contemplating. Dhamma. So then the arahant, you know, is, uh, you know, the, these, all these fetters are, you know, no longer fetters. You're no longer chained or bound. You're no longer fettered. So then this is the arahanta path, the way of awareness. So then, apamado um, amatapadang. A- 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 Heedfulness, being attentive, is the way to the deathless. Apamado amatapadang. Heedlessness is the way to death. I found that just brilliant. You know, this Dhammapada. So I like the name, uh, I named (laughs) Vasco Apamado. It's a good reminder, isn't it? You know, there's something about that verse that just is, uh, I mean, as poetry, it's quite beautiful. Apamado, Amatapadang, Pamado, Machinopadang, Apamadana, Mientiye, Pamadaya, Tamada. Even in Pali, even if you don't understand it, there's a certain rhythm, pleasant sound to it. Upamado amatapadang. Mindfulness, heedfulness, heeding, you know like paying attention, in the English word heedful. Heedfulness is, is attentiveness, being present here and now, is the deathless itself. Amatapadang. Heedlessness, not being mindful, being heedless and just being involved, lost in your own scenarios and views and opinions and fears and desires, is the way to death. So death is, is the same thing as suffering. So we're dying all the time when we're suffering. We're, 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 that's why it's so miserable, is heed, heedlessness, not, not being aware. We, we, we have, you know, we're in this constant dying, you know, this sense of separation, loss, misery, sense of self, disappointment, despair. Even when you get what you want, you're afraid you're going to lose it. and Even when you find the perfect partner, the one you love, you're always afraid they might die or somebody else might, they might run off with somebody else. There's always this possibility. For loss, even in the best relationship. So you know, this is uh, uh, then Apamado Namianti, mindfulness or heedfulness Namianti is deathlessness. Is non-dying. That's interesting, isn't it? It's it's always here and now. You know, heedfulness, being aware. In other words, is deathlessness. Amaravati. So this, what we're experiencing now through mindfulness, is deathlessness. It's a, these are different words, but it is a way of reflecting. You know, because the word "death" in English is a pretty powerful word in its own right. You say "death," and everybody kind of contracts. You know, and uh, you know when you say "Kun Rumpai died," you say it's it's softer to say "she passed away." Mm-hmm. Passed away isn't so stark, is it? Not so shocking. Or you know, they say she's. I, in America, we they say she's she's gone to meet her maker. <laughs> Anything but she's dead. There's something stark and shocking about that word. So deathless, deathless is you know. So you're you're observing you know this puto knowing the dhamma. This is deathlessness, consciousness, deathlessness. All these these kind of words suddenly they're not they're not defined in any way. You're awakening to this reality that these words point at. You know, so they you can they can be used skillfully, not as as you know taken to, to you know in terms of defining and proving scientific proof but recognizing. When you're talking about the unconditioned you know it's not, um, it's not, you have no image of it, you know you can't create an image, an icon, a figure of the deathless and then it stops the thinking mind and that's important to notice if you. You know, the thinking process stops because you can't imagine it. The thing you can imagine is annihilation. You know, because your mind, your thinking mind stops. And that means if you don't understand how your thinking mind works, you feel if you stop thinking, you're annihilated because your personality depends on thinking. To be Ajahn Samadho, you know, I have to think about myself. But the, you know, a sense of myself always is uh, dependent on thinking. But if I stop thinking, you know, then it There's no self, you know, it's like, an, uh, you know, on the level of personalities like annihilation. No personality, nothing. But in terms of insight, it's like this. Being nothing, nothingness, is like this you know then then i can recognize you know recognize that this is liberation not being anything not being anybody not aligned bound to conditioned phenomena to delusion anymore so instead of it being a a kind of frightening oblivion you know it's it's li- this, it's liberation or Nibbana. and then upamado Namianti heedfulness is is like never dying ye pamadaya Yatamada and and heedlessness is like dying all the time this is death misery and death despair anguish Soka parite wa tomanas upayasa. Grief, sorrow, despair, anguish, misery, suffering is, is what we experience continuously from heedlessness. Fear and, and uh, guilt and resentment and rage and even sexual desire is, is a source of suffering. We don't understand it. We, we fight it or we follow it, but we don't understand it. So in this uh, this reflective verse from Dhammapada, you know, this, to me this, these words, uh, and I when I give formal de I say, aparuta the gates to the deathless are open. Now That's a you know Amarvati, the name of this monastery, is is, is a is a deathless realm. So this sense of deathlessness. I'm trying to, to uh you know, use this word. Not to you know not to you know not not a kind of romantic, uh, idealistic view of uh, view at all, but it is a, a reflection. But it's not a place. Samavati doesn't mean this piece of land here in Hertfordshire. It really pointing to awareness. Uh, the, that's the, the raison d'être, the reason for this this monastery being here, is for this insight, encouraging, trying to, to you know, establish a place where you can. Be encouraged to awaken, where everything around you is, is, can be used, can be an encouragement to awaken, to, to observe, to know things as they are. Now, whether you do it or not, it's up to you. <laughs> if you don't want to do it, that's <laughs> I say, You can lead the horse to water, but you can't make it drink the water. I used to try to make you drink, only to get incredible resistance. <laughs> and you try to make a horse drink, what does it do? I <laughs> to push it in, force it to drink, more, well, it'll just rebel. So don't worry about consciousness, and try to figure it out, you know, in terms of, is it... You know, you know, getting caught in intellectual speculations about the word vijnana. In terms of experience right now, consciousness, you know, when I when I let go of thinking there's still consciousness. When I stop thinking I don't fall over unconscious. It's very simple as that. And then, the con- you know, consciousness—I don't create. I'm not, you know, I'm creating thoughts and desires and that. But I don't create consciousness. It comes with the package, isn't it? You're born, you know, and the, and the body, this little, you know, the little baby's body comes out. It's conscious form. It's not. It didn't create itself. It's I'm a little conscious baby. Little white baby, black baby. <laughs> it's a it's a form <laughs> that <laughs> that is conscious. This is this is natural, this is dhammashat, you know, it's the way it is. And then uh then we create, you know, through ignorance of sangha, we get acculturated, we get conditioned, programmed through Parents, through society, education, so we become personalities. So, in the, the Buddha, recognizing this, he's getting back to pure consciousness. Only, you know, using wisdom. So, these these four noble truths, these teachings are wisdom teachings. They're for cultivating, developing wisdom. Just memorizing them, be able to. Say "tuka tuka samutayo tuka niroda machima bati bata." That is, you can know all the words and still be as stupid as ever. So <laughs> it's not in grasping the words, but in in uh, those words are not for grasping; they're pointers, always pointing at here and now, Pachubana dhamma. Awakened, attention, heedfulness, mindfulness, awareness, apprehension, apperception, the sense of embracing, you know, opening. And yet we're conditioned to divide, aren't we? That's how we're educated, to separate and compare and criticize. So that's why it isn't, even though it's natural, it isn't easy for us because we're conditioned in a very different way. The personality is conditioned, you know, for, for to define myself as a separate entity, to, to create the sense of separation uh, and, and uh, grasping it, is the cultural conditioning.